to the YWC Reality Check and you don't see my pretty sexy face so you know I'm not alone, the long-awaited Part 3 of the NXT Women's Division Highlight Spotlight Gimmick thing fucked it up already. Jake, what's going on? <laughs> That's right, Part 3, finally here. We're talking about our favorites. Save the best for last. Going to discuss uh, you know, the creme de la creme of the best women's division on the planet. That's right, the females from NXT. We got... Uh, Quite the the final six here. Basically, basically the main event, the main event scene of of the NXT Women's Division. Now, I do want to say really, really briefly, since the last time we talked, one of the things that we loosely sort of talked about has kind of come to pass, and that's the and that's the women the women's Dusty Classic. Yeah, we we kind of got what we asked for in a way, and and thankfully it it seems to be pretty good so far. I mean, they had last night was excellent. Well, we've already talked about Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter in one of the previous yes, parts of this, but holy crap, the finisher that she did on Tony Storm. That I don't know how many like, revolutions that six, was. Yeah, but it was a 6.30 Black Arrow senton. Yeah, the whole move, and then landing perfectly over the senton on her back like that to roll over. It was incredible. It was, it was key for me, that first match, that if they were going to do a women's tag team tournament the only actual tag team that they have on NXT had to win. They, yeah. they couldn't go out in the first... Like, there's other groupings. Like, I mean, we've got people that have been put together. We've got some new talents that I'm sure we'll talk about sometime later on down the way. Um, obviously, there's there's partnerships like Dakota Kai and, and Raquel Gonzalez, but they're sort of there to support each other. They're not there, per se, as a tag team. So it's really good to see that we didn't kick the... Uh, the legitimate tag team out in the first round. Yeah, that would have been a terrible decision, but I could see it happening because the two that they faced, you know, Tony is a, a hell of a competitor. We'll discuss her later. She's one of the, you know, the ones we have to discuss tonight. And then on top of it, you know, Mercedes coming back, I was like, all right, this is kind of a big deal. Where do they go? Is this, a, you know, it's like a reintroduction. So I could have seen either side picking up a W there. You could almost say it's retribution for Mercedes <laughs> Martinez. <laughs> yep, I just did that. That's that's a thing that just happened. But uh, yeah, no, immediately no, bra- no penalty card there. Immediately branching off the uh, Dusty Cup, we've got probably our next women's championship thing coming off of that. Um, we've got you know the building of the faction, obviously with the way with uh, Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae, who we've already spoken about. So even if all these teams aren't going to go forward, it is cool to see that there will at least be some story. It's not just one-off, let's throw them all together and then throw them all by the wayside again. And if nothing else, I mean, we've already done the low card and the mid card, but it it does show the absolute stacked nature, specifically of the mid card in NXT, of the women's division. Because yeah. there, are, there are a lot, you, um, you you may agree, you may not agree. I think there's a lot of times in the women's division in NXT that the mid-card becomes more exciting than the main event scene. Because the main event scene is basically the champion and whoever's challenging at the time. Yes, you, you've got a lot more combinations of things when you get down into a mid-card. There's, you know, there's well, multiple the, personnel, etc. Once the title's not involved, you can deviate from challenger champion stories. You can go and bring upon advanced storylines and do things that are outlandish and fun, and that's how we get into these absurd Robert Stone type, you know, matches that we've had and cage matches and running over you know, Shotzi's tank. Yes, all these, you know, different crazy things that couldn't, 
usually happen. And then plus, it also depends on who's the champion. And Io Shirai is a great performer. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about her, obviously. She's lacking in the promo department with the language barrier, and she's one of the better English speakers. But it's but I do I do I do think her not being uh, the greatest superstar on the mic works to the favor of the division because it means everybody every other character going after her has to bring the fight bring the story to her. She like. As a champion, so it's a as, as any and a draw at the same yeah. time. That's the thing. As a champion, you should be confidently sitting on the throne, waiting for whoever thinks they can knock you off. Like as the champion, you shouldn't have to be the one going and picking a fight. So yeah. her being the one, not with the best maybe promo skills, but like character in other ways, uh, is great because it leaves that door wide open for all the challengers, like uh, like Mercedes has done recently. But. We're going to do the main eventers of the NXT Women's Division. Anybody that's been paying attention to this channel at all in the past year or so has heard me bang on about this girl because I first saw her at Destiny. Check it off your Spaz Phoenix bingo card. we got to start off with Shotzi Blackheart. How could we not? I mean, Shotzi, uh, one of your absolute favorites, someone I've been a fan of for quite some time, uh, she went ahead and was actually a cheerleader valet for the uh, Hood Slam stable Stoner U, and then she also appeared on the California independent scene for many years for different promotions like All Pro Wrestling, Bar Wrestling, Big Time Wrestling, and then in 2017, she would uh, face future NXT wrestlers Candice LeRae and Rachel uh, Ellering, actually, at the APW Cow uh, Palace Royale. And then from there, she you know continued to make a name for herself, and she uh, ended up getting into NXT, so... I was going to say, uh, the one Evolve show that WWE put on the network, the one that they were so bad for doing because it was yeah. the same night as AEW. <clears throat> oh, I know. They, oh, were, no. they, were, they were evil counter-programming us, and it's like, okay. Um, basically, it was awesome for me because I had just been introduced to her maybe the year before, uh, being that they had gotten her to come and do some stuff on Destiny. And I'm just like, okay, this is... Yeah, this... I, I saw her around 2017, and, and she was involved in the 2015 Tough Enough, but... She wasn't able to take part in the actual competition because she had uh, some type of heart issue. Oh, yeah. And she failed the medical screening, so. Yeah, for anybody, I, I, I've mentioned this a couple times, and I think, Jake, I mentioned it to you the day I heard it. Uh, yes. I don't always catch the Lillian Garcia podcast. It's not, her podcast is not always my cup of tea. But if you want an insight into uh, who Shotzi Blackheart is and what it's taken her to get to to NXT, go and listen How to How hard the... she's had to work. I mean, she's struggled and really gone through the ringer. She was even like a, uh, an erotic dancer for some points in times. Not nude, but you know, she would do that. Um, some mu- uh, musical performer things. as well? Yeah, that as well, you know. Uh, so I mean, she's, she's been through some horrendously fucked up shit that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into here but no, uh but... If, you, if you listen to that interview uh it'll oh. it, I you unless you're dead inside it will endear you to Shotzi Blackheart a little more one little story that I have from Destiny yes check it off the bingo card twice um I used to do, I used to have this thing that I did with wrestling shows. I do it at WWE shows too. Uh, it's basically, I always look for something. I always get a bit of merch. I've got more wrestling t-shirts than I can shake a stick at. But I always used to go with the idea that I would go with, I would go to a show, I would get a shirt, and whatever shirt I got at that show, I would wear to the next show. So Yeah, that's typically what I did. 
I, I, the first time I went and saw Shotzi Blackheart, I saw her wrestle. She was a whole lot of fun. Uh, she really like played up the the ballsy thing a lot more. Uh, her yeah. old, her old uh, en- entrance music or the entrance music that she used at Destiny anyway was just this dude singing about somebody being ballsy, and that it was like <laughs> this hard, like gravelly, like indie band sounding thing. And I'm like immediately, I'm like this chick, this chick kicks ass, right? I went and got a Shotzi shirt because I'm a mark. Uh, I actually got the chance to talk to her for like a minute or so, which was cool enough. But the better thing was that I wore that shirt to the next show, and uh, she was she had come back to go up against a, a girl in Destiny uh, by the name of Silesia Sparks, and she saw me wearing the Shotzi Blackheart shirt in the merch area, and cut a promo on me. <laughs> because i was wearing the shirt of the woman that she was going to be fighting later that night and i'm like this is this is fucking great anybody anybody when the world opens up again when we're allowed to actually do things everybody come to ontario come to a destiny show it's a lot of fun josh alexander is still our on uh, my bucket list better be yeah he see jake's not going to come up to hang out with me he's just going to come up here for the better wrestling that's it strictly Uh, the uh it's so cool though, like, and most, of, like I say, most of this comes from the Lillian interview. Uh, the fact that she's yeah. like she sort of sees titles as sec- like she wants to be a champion, obviously, but the bigger goal of hers is to bring hardcore wrestling to the women's division. Yeah, that that's I... an interesting and unique goal. Other than, uh, well, I'm here. I, I need the belt. Yeah, um, exactly. She doesn't want to be the the cliche champion. She wants to break new ground. The, uh, there's a huge I'm criti- all about it. There's a huge criticism, and uh, the first time I heard it phrased like this uh, was actually from, uh, I think it was Adam Cleary at What Culture. It's like, if you want to have a good women's division, uh, prove to your audience that women can fight over something other than boys and belts. And I think NXT as a whole does that really great. Shotzi Blackheart specifically does that really great. Um, she she She's doesn't... also the breakout star of the year this year as well. Yeah. In, yeah, in a very is. stacked category, I feel like. Cameron yep. Grimes, Dexter Loomis, Pat McAfee, who really had a stellar year for 2020, coming out yep. of left field. Timothy Thatcher, Raquel Gonzalez, Santos Escobar, and Ila Dragunov. You know, that's huge. I mean... It's a massive win for her. It is, but it's one of those things that while all those stars are reaching their own varying levels of success, Dexter Loomis notwithstanding, um, <laughs> I you you can't fight it. And um, she's one of the ones that NXT... Not everybody gets the same chance. She's one of the ones at NXT that really has had that chance to be unique, has been given very character-specific, unique opportunities. Like, she gets to do the whole tank entrance. They ran over her tank so that they could do the bigger tank. She got to be yeah. part... She got to be part of the promotion for two pay-per-views in a row. She yeah. was part... She was the host of Halloween Havoc, which kicked off her rivalry with The Way, which is still going on right now, and she got to be in all the marketing for War Games this year. Yeah, so, she was the face of War Games and involved in the match, so... Well, yeah, she got to captain a team, and yeah. she got and she got to be like every bit of marketing, every commercial for Everything War was Games her. was her just building the tank with her teammates. Yeah. So Same I thing think as Halloween Havoc, you said she was the host, and that was a huge get for her as well. That was a massively yeah. successful endeavor. They literally, they literally just came to her and it was like, "We we want you to be part of Halloween Havoc," and she was like, "Who am I facing?" And she's like, "No, you're gonna they're you're, they're like you're gonna host the whole damn thing." 
and clearly like dig dug into her old Elvira vibes, and it's just fucking good because if you if you follow her on social, she's all she's all about like that kind of shit. Like she's got an extensive knowledge of uh like horror, thriller, monster features, and all that kind of thing. So like. You've you've got somebody like that already. You don't have to manufacture it. It wouldn't. It's not the same as like the only other person I could think of in NXT that could do a role kind of like that would maybe be Scarlet. But you've got somebody so natural for something like that in Shotzi Blackheart, and I think they're giving her the ball, no pun intended, and letting her run with it. But they're pushing her in all these cool, creative ways that don't necessarily have to do with a title and don't necessarily have to do with one specific feud. I think they've made her such a multifaceted part of the show that I'd be surprised if she's not a champion by this time next year. And if you look at previous breakout stars and winners, you know, you got uh, Aleister Black, Ricochet, the Iconics. Don't use Aleister Black and Ricochet as example. <laughs> Keith Lee. Yeah. was last year. I mean, well, you, you figured the Iconics had a good run initially when they first came up. Yep. They were winning the titles at WrestleMania and went on to, you know, go ahead and hold the women's titles for quite a bit. I mean, they weren't on TV a ton, as much as I would have liked them to be, but... And, Rick, and, Ricochet, and Ricochet ended up on main event, and Aleister Black ended up in a cupboard. Aleister Black was probably the one that got the least out of everything. At least Ricochet is still going on TV strong, and on top of it, Ricochet also got to face Brock Lesnar for the title. He had a big role in, in Brock's elimination in the Rumble last year. So... Well, Ricochet got his ass handed to him in a minute in Saudi Arabia. Alistair Black won in the... Actually, I should say Alistair Black and Ricochet both win in the hot wife category. <laughs> so, yeah. They're, they're, they're winning outside the ring. But yeah, Shotzi Blackheart, I just... For a brand new person in NXT that's only been there this short period of time that she's been there, I she's got to be a champion sometime this year. If, I, I, it'll happen soon enough. If she's not, and I don't mind, I, I, I'm going to say this right now, uh, and we're going to talk about Ember Moon in a second. I wouldn't mind if that title happens to be the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. I would be okay with that too. Because as long as they maintain that she's still an NXT star, like part of the NXT roster, I don't mind her and Ember taking those belts show to show. Representing NXT a little bit, representing NXT's women's division a little bit. Again, being multifaceted as she has been this year. I think yeah, exactly. There's a lot of story you could tell there, and in the background you could still tell the story. It's like, yeah, well, this is a nice team championship, but there's another yeah. championship over there that's not a not a team championship. And I mean, eventually, like Shotzi versus Io, like who's gonna who's gonna shake their head at that? I certainly, you know, nothing to shake a stick at. Never mind your head. You know who else is awesome, though, when we're going to switch gears a little bit? A little bit of a spitfire. Uh, not big in the size category, big in the attitude category. Awesome, oh, ba awesome baby. Actually, I'm cutting you off before you even get there. Uh, Top-rated match in NXT so far for Shotzi Blackheart has been when she took on Io Shirai. She got four stars for that one. That was on NXT TV back in September. So... And see Keep here. Up as we go along. Bring up the top I, I, right I love I love that that match happened. Here's the thing: I watched that match with such a happy, sad thing. I watched that a with the this is her absolute best chance to showcase what she can do, and she did. I also watched that match with that sort of sinking. There's no way she's gonna win this. 
I want to have another match between them where I don't have that. And I think at this point you could do that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> totally oh, stepped we also, up. Did we, we forgot to mention that her ranking this year, she uh, was number 46. Not bad. Yeah. Not so bad at go, all. Go Shotzi. So my, my, my transition kind of went to hell, but the next person on our list is Dakota yes, Kai. I did. I did. You, pun intended. Yeah. There we go. Dakota Kai. Uh, I said, I've said it before, I will say it again, she is the better version of Bailey. she was a better baby face than, uh, than Bailey was, and she had a better heel turn than Bailey did, and now she's a better heel than Bailey is, she's got the heater with Raquel Gonzalez, who's having some success in her own right, Dakota Kai is a heel, phenomenal, um, the surprise match of the year last year, we both called it, was the street fight with her and Tegan Knox. Yeah, that's that's also the number one match for her and one of the top rated. So the the street fight they had at NXT Takeover Portland is a uh, uh, just fan favorite, top favorite. The only one that comes close is when she took on Io Shirai NXT Takeover Thirty. And see, and, and even though that's a title match, I would still hold the other one higher. I do as well. Uh, the rivalry that they had was so intense and and built so perfectly. Uh, you know, the backstab, the betrayal, all of it. It, it was it, they stole the show on a huge card too. Portland was massive, and they were the highlight. Am I am I mixing up my dates, or is Portland the last show they did that had crowds? Uh, no, that was the very last show that had crowds. So that's uh, at least we left it on a high note. <laughs> anyway, no, Dakota Kai. Uh, some some of the credit for that match obviously has to go to Tegan Knox. And the working relationship that they have, obviously, they know each other inside and out better than uh, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai would. So it's not, I guess it's, in a way, it's not that fair to compare them. Plus, they've got way more story going into it. But I still say, coming off that heel turn at War Games now, two, I guess you would say two years ago now, yeah. um, the, ter- the turn in the match, the fact that after the turn, she was using, like, screaming, crying Tegan Knox as her entrance music. Just to just to get the biggest amount of heat just you've the, ever just seen. Just the simple shit. The way she, um, oh, I can't remember who did it in WCW, but she came down to the ring for a little while carrying Tegan Knox's knee brace. There's a yeah, heel. that was even better. There was a heel in WCW that did it. And I just had it. It was right on the tip of my tongue, and now it is gone. So sorry about that. I I want to say it was Jericho. Like when I, he was. I, that's what I was gonna say was Jericho. Was just too. on the ascension of his very first heel turn in in WCW when he was like cruiserweight top knot rock star Chris Jericho. Um, and if we're comparing Dakota Kai to Chris Jericho, like that that's not bad company to be in. Don't judge him by this week and the fact that he couldn't do a lion salt, but uh, still great company to be in and. Man, yeah, we just... I think it was Rey Mysterio and Chris Jericho. Possibly, possibly. Think... My 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 knowledge of WCW is not nearly as clear oh, as it mine's should be. Very limited too. So it's not as clear as it should be for me to be trying to make a reference like that. Um, <laughs> we 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 said uh, this year that we think Shotzi Blackheart's going to be uh, NXT Women's Champion at some point. Dakota Kai would be the perfect heel for her to topple. To get, I mean, we just talked about Io Shirai, but if you want to talk about Shotzi, who's this lovable, like, fun, you know, rock star character, you want to give her a, a nasty, gritty heel to take it off of, give the belt to Dakota Kai, have Dakota yeah. Kai go over Shotzi Blackheart in some sort of mischievous way, and then have Shotzi take it off her, the two of them could tear it up. 
Yeah, because she has her backup in Gonzalez, she she can certainly have that be a factor in the title fight and everything else they need going forward. There's a lot that we can go ahead and get from them, especially as Dakota Kai with with the belt. Beautiful. Yeah. Think think back to the match we had at the Great American Bash, the the elimination fatal four way. Right. And how great that was. Candice was out first, but then Mia Yim got taken down, and then it just came down to Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. And those two got to, you know, show why they're so damn amazing. And it, it, Tegan, obviously, you know, white meat babyface, but she needed to be accentuated, basically. She was carried by Dakota Kai there. Not yep. in the wrestling ability, but in a story way. Because yep. Kai was so heel-centric and so evil, it really elevated and, and brought out a whole better side to Tegan. So that win for her was even on like a grander scale of a feeling. See, I, 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 take, I take it a slightly different way. For, for Tegan Knox now, I don't think Tegan Knox has to try very hard for our sympathy in any given situation at this point because my opinion of her in real life and the amount of injuries and the amount of setbacks that she's had behind the scenes, it, it, mixes in your, it, it, it can't help but mix in your mind eventually with yeah, whatever story she's in at the moment. So I don't think um, – and, you know – it's 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 wrestling. Everybody's going to come at it from a different perspective. I don't think in any way she needs to have her sympathy carried by a great heel, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> uh, the other no, great it really doesn't. The other it, great it thing, just, like I said, it accentuates everything that they're trying to put over. So the other great thing is like Dakota Kai is really small. You you want a David and Goliath uh, story to be like the babyface would be small, right? Uh, it, theoretically speaking, like if she was toppling a big monster like uh, like a Shayna Baszler, for example, right? Yeah. But Dakota Kai being a heel works in the opposite way because when the when the hero is getting their comeback, is getting their comeuppance, Dakota Kai can sell getting the ass kicking that she deserves. And I think that's underrated because I think it's way easier to be a heel. Uh, anybody that watched NXT UK when it was in its first little run of glory there with heel Rhea Ripley, because she towered over everybody and destroyed people. She had matches with babyface Dakota Kai in yeah. NXT UK where she was destroying her. Way easier to be a heel if you're the big, you know, dominant, like, wrecking ball force. And here's this scrappy little underdog that's got to fight from the bottom. But I, I, I love... And what a lot of people don't pay attention to, or at least I don't hear very many people paying attention to, is if you're the small heel, it's so much more satisfying to get you see to see you get your ass owned. The uh, the comedy spot that they did at uh, New Year's Evil, where Raquel and Rhea were having their fight, and Dakota tried to get involved, so she got stuck in a locker. Like that's that's a satisfying. You're a heel. You're a bit of a dick. That's what you deserve, and we can do it because you're tiny. Yeah. A little bit of a Napoleon complex in there as well. Yeah, exactly. I actually was introduced to her as Evie, and that was back uh, when she was in Shine. Didn't she team with Ruby Riot? I believe so. It was a skater gimmick, I think, at that point. That's a team I would have loved to see play. And out. then they were taking on, like, the Lucha Sisters, which who was Leva Bates and Mia Yim and... There was a lot to it, but I my memory stinks. But I, I remember a little bit here and there. But I remember seeing her as Evie then, and then she went into NXT, obviously, after appearing in the May Young Classic with the new name Dakota Kai. So Yeah. 
See, that's the and second time you've mentioned Mia Yim uh, on yep. this pod. I miss Mia Yim. I, I, I know, I know, we, I know, we sort of threw her in the honorable mentions in the first round, but like, my God, she, she's not there anymore. You know, it's it's reckoning or whatever, and that's what's so so disappointing. Even when they unmasked her and then just gave her a new mask the next week. Yeah. Like she's got more. Like okay, we 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 were pretty honest about it. Like she's not the best that they've got for in ring talent. So no, she's she's already having a bit of a she's already having a bit of a struggle. Now you've got her in this mass gimmick that's that seems to be very cumbersome and trying to get this gimmick over that just isn't getting over if your name isn't Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Like just g- give her the uh give her the uh Michelle uh, not Michelle Rodriguez. Fucking Mercedes Martinez. <laughs> God damn, that was that was a deep pull out of left field. Give her the Mercedes Martinez opportunity to be like yeah, a little bit fast, a little bit furious. Also, 10 out of 10, wood shag. Moving on. Um, but yeah, no, I know it's not the point of this particular pod, but God, I just want to say, God damn, I miss Mia Yim in NXT. I do too. She was just uh, a lightning bolt of energy, and she was just always fun to watch. I didn't view her as, like, you know, that top talent. I didn't view her as, like, being the women's champion, but it wasn't a bad thing either because... She was like the the face of the the high end of the mid card for me. Yeah, but you know what the thing is like she, she had, had, she had character to spa- she had character to spare and she wasn't yes. going in there. And this is the thing too, and this is sort of a, an awkward thing to describe, but she wasn't going in there trying to convince you that she was going to have a five star match in the Tokyo Brother. Yeah, exactly. Um, like she was just like I think. Um, if you think much in the same way that Edge, Christian, and the Hardys all kind of debuted together, and by fighting each other, they built themselves up, I think, I mean, Shotzi Blackheart's gone way above now, obviously, because I'm biased, but I think, like, somebody like a Mia Yim could have had something like that with Shotzi Blackheart, and they could have, oh, even yeah. even if they were considered the lower part of the card, like, make the lower part of the card something I want to watch. And that would absolutely be something I'd want to watch. Anyways, so that was Mia Yim, who's not on this list, because we're talking about Dakota Kai. Dakota Next, Kai... Uh, we have someone I'm a huge fan of, actually. Yeah. So. Oh, sorry, I should say Dakota Kai uh, was 24 last year. Yeah. 24 on the on the top whatever. PWI. There we go. That's that's what I was looking for. Yeah, Shanti was actually in 46th place last year as well, so yep. she didn't move up or down. Go figure. Eh, that's fine. Uh, I mean, isn't the P- the PWI is at least partially kayfabe though? So by the end of this year, <laughs> by the end of this year, we'll she's see. she's got to be higher. Like of anybody in NXT that hasn't had a title yet, who's done more than her? Yeah, no kidding. Um, Next it, on the list, we have Rhea Ripley. Okay, I'm gonna say what I said when she was in the Mae Young Classic. I'm gonna say what I said when she was in NXT UK. I'm gonna say what I said when she moved to NXT proper. Rhea Ripley fucking star that's it fucking star like, <laughs> i know there was more to that no no just sure just Rhea Rip- you said that to begin with but i didn't want you uh, to Rhea ripley and I fucking star i said the she same is th- there's a reason why Cornette was so high on her to begin with and still is and you know doesn't fast forward through her matches uh, there's a reason as to why that I am just so enamored by her. She, it's the look, it's the style of wrestling, it's it's her mic skills, all of it. She just has this innate ability to capture your attention. She's unique looking and in a in a 
great way too. It's not like just like oh she's hot. It's like she she has a, a unique wrestling physique about her while still being undeniably attractive at the same time. So she looks strong and powerful yet pretty still, which is a hard border to cross. I've come to, I've come to an interesting just as just as you were describing there. I've come to a very interesting conclusion. Uh, or, or a different way of thinking about Rhea Ripley, just as you were saying that. She's babyface Thanos. Y- yeah. <laughs> like, she has, like, before she even does a move in the ring. Now, granted, go back to her NXT UK days, she did play a great heel. They put her in there with tiny people like uh, Zaya Brookside and Candy Floss and babyface Dakota Kai and just let her do that prism lock and, like, swing people around the ring. But even as a babyface, she just stands there with this aura and this attitude and this you know con- we, we overuse the term confidence but it is a general confidence she stands in the ring with that attitude of like come try something and that it's, really is it that's just it it works it's her attitude it's her presence her aura yeah and it, and the thing is it's all the better for the fact that she hasn't been impenetrable she hasn't, you know, like never struggled. I feel that everything that I just tried to say there, the whole babyface Thanos thing, um, I feel that more now off the back of losing the match that she should have won against Charlotte and all the booking that came after that. And, you know, she went down to sort of the bottom of the card and fucked around with Robert Stone and Aaliyah and all them got her big win over Mercedes Martinez and then went through the stuff with Raquel where, you know, she wasn't just swatting everybody away and she was struggling and she did have a downward thing. And after WrestleMania, she did have a thing where she kind of broke down. Yeah. No, but like they, it's a risky thing for somebody that's supposed to be a badass. And like she, she cut a bunch of promos after WrestleMania where she was like heartbroken and broken down and whatever. And that could ruin a badass character if done improperly. But I think, the fact that they did all that because it was really a left turn that they did with the booking and we know why we know what they were trying to do with Charlotte it didn't work but I I still say even though I'm a huge Rhea Ripley fan I will still defend what they tried to do with Charlotte Flair because I can see what they were trying to do they were trying to trying to amplify NXT as well they wanted to put NXT on a bigger stage but well they were trying they wanted to have a Finn Balor for the women's division yes I know but and it didn't work eggs in the wrong basket yeah, and it, and it fell apart, and the fact that it's fallen apart, and she's still where she is now, to the point where not only is she sort of untouchable, she's able to put over somebody like Raquel Gonzalez, who's a newer name, uh, it, it's fantastic. Like, she's stronger now than if she hadn't struggled along the way, which... Should be backwards because you oh, if you want to pr- play off somebody as strong, they they can they can never falter, they can never trip. That doesn't work. That's getting into John Cena territory. Yeah, that's why fans dejected Cena. That Superman attitude where he had no weakness made him so unrelatable and unattainable. It was ridiculous. Well, the thing was like a he hardly ever lost, and b when he lost, it didn't matter. Like. Rhea Ripley. Yeah, he would lose a, a, a match where he would get fired or have to leave the company, and then he'd be back the next week, you know, things like that. He would lose and the championship and come back on Raw the next night and be like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know, going to get him next time. Job. I'll get him next time. And, and he didn't. He wasn't upset. He wasn't defeated or, you know, upset at all. But you know what? Rhea Ripley. the title shot that night. But Rhea and, Ripley and worst, wins, yeah, after, wins after – she wins right. after struggling. And when, right. she, and when she lost, it affected her. 
Exactly. And she I made the and, show that, and that made her relatable to the audience, which was perfect. And I went, dude, I, I know it was the popular opinion at the time, because based on purely the fact that nobody wanted Charlotte Flair to have anything, which is also a weird, separate conversation we can have another day. But there, I went to war online with so many people the minute that, not, not when WrestleMania was over, but when they showed the backstage interview with her after the fact, when she was, like, having the, like, the after effects of that match, was, oh my god, they fucking ruined her, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I never felt like they ruined her with that, I thought they showed more character. Yeah. Like, how many times did Daniel Bryan lose? How many times did Daniel Bryan get fucked around? And the people that did get excited about Yeselmania, even yeah, though... And, and granted, she shouldn't have lost, no. But the way she handled it made her a better character. As where they ruined it with Seth Rollins. They're ruining it now with Asuka. Where yeah. they act either afraid or they act destroyed by something. You know, it, 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 it just... It, it hurts their characters. Yeah. I mean... but I, And see, the thing is, though, like... Say that Charlotte Flair shouldn't have won... And I, and I understand it. Oh, Charlotte Flair gets handed too much and whatever, and if they had put Sasha Banks in that position, nobody would have minded. That's another argument for another day as well. But I think it helped her. I really do. It's the same as, and I'm sure if there's any Man fans listening to me, you're going to love the fact that I'm about to make fun of Man again. He lost his shit when Daniel Bryan lost in 18 seconds at WrestleMania. But... That only got people more behind him. That only got him more support. That only increased his groundswell. I would say that match, and and, and I'm speaking in a very broad term, that 18-second loss to Sheamus at, in the opening match of WrestleMania was the first step to him getting his championship moment at WrestleMania 30. Oh, yeah, that was the spark that was needed to light the catalyst to change. Right. So, and I really do, and not on the same scale, obviously, it's it's a it's a different scenario, different situation, but I do think that them, you know, quote-unquote screwing her over with Charlotte had a similar effect. Not to the same level, but I would say it had a similar effect, because you did struggle, you did, it's the whole, like, get the company, get the fans pissed off at the company, subversely gets them behind the person that got fucked. So, I think, I think it did work. I think she's better off for the loss in the long run, even though I know people hated it. Um, I'm really... Do you think she debuts at the Rumble? I really hope not. Like, I really hope not. I don't, like... It, it's old hat at this point to say that, like, oh, we don't, we don't want anybody called up from NXT to WWE because, you know... With one or two exceptions, most of them get gobbled up. I go back to the Aleister Black example. I go back to the Ricochet example, etc. But, holy crap, leave our women's division alone. I mean, and, we heard it two weeks ago. Her main up roster call was imminent, that she was going to lose her last match. And then we hear, you know, all of the calls for her to go ahead and win the Royal Rumble, so... Oh, man... Even even Shanti Blackheart hinted at a main roster call up for Rhea Ripley not that long ago, so it definitely seems like it's happening. We just don't know where she's going to go and when she's going to come up. And I will. The I will victory say would would make her a huge star. I will sure. say because there's one other show out there that is making some really awesome steps in the right direction. If she does get called up, it better be to SmackDown. I hope so. It I hope that's the case. I don't want to see her go to Raw. That's a bad fit, especially with Asuka and everybody over there. Because who's even, like, 
I mean, I watch Raw every week, and I could, I couldn't tell you who's on Raw. <laughs> like Oscar's the champion, Charlotte's there. Um, who else do they have? Like of any? Shayna, Mandy, Nia, Shayna. And see, you know what? People will think Lana. I'm. People will think I'm crazy as a one-off, just sort of for the hell of it match. I do genuinely think Rhea Ripley and Dana Brooke could have a good match. Yeah, for a, a match, but I wouldn't turn that into a series or a few. No. And that's the problem. That's what it would need to become. But see, like, you and I have touched on it before. Dana Brooke, incredibly underrated. Incredibly underrated. They keep sticking her in tag teams. They stick, keep on sticking her with other people. She's with Mandy Rose right now, and that grouping is kind of fun. But I think you put her in there with somebody like Rhea Ripley, with somebody the charisma of Rhea Ripley to help her get some of her charisma out. I think on a one-off occasion, you get a really good match out of Dana Brooke that way. But other than that... She had a great showing with Shayna Baszler recently on Raw. Yeah. Yeah, but they're, that's that. I think that's more a case of they're downplaying Shayna Baszler than upplaying Dana Brooke, which is really unfortunate. And I don't want to talk about that because that makes me sad because she's still... See, tight. I don't feel that way, though, because Shayna Baszler won in the end, so... Yeah, but it's one of those I don't want to be the asshole fan that dumps on Dana Brooke because I was just trying to compliment her, but mm. Shayna Baszler shouldn't be struggling with Dana Brooke. Like well, I say, Dana, I say Dana Brooke. Her recently, I say Dana Brooke's underrated. Like more that bodybuilder and build yeah. her up to be more of a credible threat. So, but I mean, Shayna Baszler is still tag teaming with Nia Jax, and yeah, I and I don't, so I, don't I don't I don't down. I don't ever want to hear Nia Jax and tag teaming in the same sentence. No Moving on, my friend. So <laughs> the other one, by uh, the way, she we, was ranked number eleven. Eleven this year. Eleven. Eleven. You go back to the first May Young Classic and look at pictures of her from that and now see where she is now. And I love the fact that in the second May Young Classic, her whole thing was, yeah, I had to change my look, I had to change my attitude because I got tired of people comparing me to Charlotte Flair. It's a nice, neat little touch. Yeah, I mean, because that was a drastic change that had to happen. And oh, it, sure. You know, occurred. She looked night and day different. Okay, so the next one is one that I like... Big fan of, obviously going back to the NXT UK and Mae Young Classic days. She's had some good showings. I don't think she's fully found her footing on main roster NXT just yet. Tony Storm. I think her character has struggled because her yeah, main... she's... I think being in NXT UK for as long as she was kind of hurt her because she was stagnant for a while. Then she also had some personal issues, so... Oh yeah, that she was, was also busy with stardom too, so it was kind of like, all right, yeah. what's going to happen? I think the weird thing was is the best rivalry um, when NXT UK first started was her and Rhea Ripley over the initial UK UK Women's Championship, but she played the babyface to Rhea Ripley's awesome heel. Yeah. Rhea, Rhea Ripley came over here. Uh, got herself an immense amount of popularity as a babyface. So when Tony Storm came up to her as like the the spunky babyface to challenge her, the American NXT fans were like, "Yeah, but but we like her. That's not gonna work." Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think they botched her introduction. I love her in the ring. Fantastic in the ring. I loved the way she won the May Young Classic. That was a hell of a story that they told, yeah. and everything the way it ended at Evolution. So she had this huge stage and platform to be showcased at. That was a great introduction to the main roster of her, and that's when she should have gone from 
you know, strictly NXT UK to NXT. Yeah. Once they introduced her and she won there, she should have come right over and gotten away from UK. She should have been right to the main roster, not main roster, NXT Ma- main roster NXT. Yeah. When you when you get when you get called up from the UK. Yes, you know what I'm trying to say. I, I do know what you're trying to say. But getting going, going to Raw or SmackDown isn't a call up anymore. It's no, a call. No, it's a call a sideways. <laughs> Total demotion. So we had that eight eight month hiatus, and then all right, you know, COVID's here. We got it. So a little bit more of a break, and then. NXT TakeOver 31 happens, and she returns, and we're like, yeah, so I'm glad she's in NXT now, but all that time since she won the uh, Mae Young Classic, I I think they really wasted keeping her in NXT UK. She didn't need to be seasoned anymore. I think she was good enough where she was to come to NXT. They also botched her return as well. They On that pay-per-view, yeah. She popped up on the Tron and said, yeah, Io Shirai, I'm coming for you eventually. And then right after that, they did the big, you know, the countdown. The cycle, Ember Moon, yeah. Because, I'm sorry, uh, as much as, you know, NXT UK was good when it started, as much as the Mae Young Classic was awesome, way more people know who Ember Moon is and have an, uh, 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 an attachment to her. And to do those two, announce those two comebacks side by side. I don't know how her heel turn wasn't immediate and how her first major feud wasn't against Ember Moon right then and there. That's kind of how I thought they were setting it up by debuting her on the same night as the return of Ember. What I would have loved, honestly, is for her to pop up on the Tron and say, yeah, I'm coming back, have Ember Moon come out and do the entrance that she did and to show that she's back, and then have Tony Storm, oh, I wasn't on the Tron, I was just in the back, you know, quick elbow shot to the back of the head, like, interrupt Ember Moon's return, and kick off a feud for both of them, so that they hit the hit the ground running. And That's where I thought they were going. I think they missed a trick with that. I mean, I don't, th- I don't That's think... That's honestly what I thought was going to happen. I don't think Tony Storm was physically in the States... At that point, I could be wrong. I'm totally basing that on speculation. But if she was in the states, why you would do it? I think she was there. Then I don't know why they would do it on the Tron and not have her in the building like Ember was. Like that, you set her up. You set it up that like here's the main return, here's the minor return. Yeah, because they did that the night that I was uh, there with Danny. They had a huge return announced all night. Who's it going to be? And then it ends up being the Miz. So the Miz comes out with his new Hollywood theme and awesome, and he comes to the ring and everyone's like, "Oh, this sucks." And then Jericho's pyro just goes off and his Tron hits. Yeah, no countdown or nothing. Just the pyro goes off like a Kane moment. See what kills me? What kills me about that? What kills me about that is I had that spoiled like a week before because at (laughs) no because at a WWE house show, uh, Miz was out talking shit, and this was like like a minor, minor house show. If anybody knows where the Rico Coliseum, it's now the Coca-Cola uh, Coliseum in Toronto is. Uh, it was Miz out there cutting cutting a shitty promo, like typical generic house show promo. Oh, who's going to come out and shut me up? And then like surprise return of Jericho. Oh, wow. It was awesome, but it meant that like when they returned on the show, I'm like, yeah, but I knew he was back already. <laughs> I already saw you. You're not new. And you can't do a lion salt anymore. Anyways, <laughs> moving on. Tony Storm, I, I hope they they uh, they light a fire under her with the heel turn. Uh, they turned her heel just to throw her in a heel team for a thing for a pay per view, which was fine. It 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 usurped. Yeah, it worked for War Games. 
But yeah, it, it usurped what we thought the teams were going to be for war games, but turning her heel to throw her in with a bunch of other heels doesn't give us a time to see what her as a heel is like. So I think we that's yeah, one exactly. we that's we sort of got to give time to, but I'm I'm sort of sitting here and I'm saying this is a person I like. Please let me like them. I think they're confident and, and competent enough, and they will. They're confident in her abilities. They're confident enough to write a good story with her. I think I, I have faith that she'll be okay. My my thought is is she will probably be in the women's championship picture because we've already talked about Rhea Ripley, who's rumored to be going up. Uh, the other rumor that I hear surfacing about once every couple of weeks is that Io Shirai is going to lose the title and go up and form some kind of uh, Kabuki Warriors 2.0 with Asuka, which just makes me a little bit sad inside. But if you take out Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai, you got to shuffle that main event scene. Yeah, that would need to be shuffled desperately. But I've heard something similar in vain of that. Pretty much the same ilk of the Kabuki Warriors thing, but I see. I wouldn't mind Io. I wouldn't mind Io Shirai as and Oscar as a tag team because we had Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, and then Kairi Sane went up, and she was a tag team partner with Oscar. So the only combination of the three of them left is is Io and and Asuka. And I think they could be a great team. They could be the kind of team that could make the women's tag team titles on the main roster mean something. Absolutely. But, again, it's that whole, like, I don't... Like, we're talking about the women's division. NXT's women's division is probably the best thing happening in WWE. I don't... But they would have to bolster the women's tag division. They would have to have multiple women's tag teams be created. They would all have to be... You know, organized in a way that they could have matches each show, and it would have to actually be treated like a real division, so, for that to work. Yeah, I just, I'm being selfish, man. Like I say, um... I don't blame I, you, though. I, you I, I used to say NXT had the best women's division in mainstream North American wrestling. I think NXT's women's division is probably the best division, period, in North American mainstream wrestling at the moment. So, yeah, I'm being kind of selfish. I'm happy to have all the new people that we just got announced. Uh, there's Priscilla Kelly, who's now Gigi Dolan. Yeah, Gigi. Yeah, that's going to uh, She picked her own name, so people can calm down about that. Yeah. But you know what, though? Most of the time, like, people when p- people freaked out about Kabuki Warriors, and then Asuka and Kairi Sane had to be like, no, we picked it because of this and this and this. Um, but, like, we've got all these new people coming in. Just make a separate NXT women's show if it gets that big, but don't ruin it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Like there's so many women on the roster that some of the women's Dusty Classic matches are happening on 205 Live. Now, I'm not saying that that's a good thing, but look at that roster, man. When they started the Dusty Cup this week, when Beth Phoenix came out to announce everybody, which was an awesome touch. Um, just to see that roster standing there on the stage and know that that's just the mid card. Like, yeah, I appreciated seeing everyone there and having that be a formal introduction. I appreciated that for the, for the tournament setup. Yeah. And on top of it, you know, like I said, if, if they kept that as, and, and then from there actually kept these people together and, and, you know, all right, so you just bolstered your women's division tenfold by having these eight teams now you go ahead and incorporate some main roster ones, bring down the women's tag titles, and, and make it something. And yep. as far as another show goes, I wouldn't mind them doing something like they do with AEW Dark for an NXT show. 
like a YouTube only or network only show that would be just an hour long and a chance for yeah. I have weekly TV time. Y- you and I talked about this last year. I have a plan that I'm putting together, and it's going to be in the next couple of months or so. And you and I are going to sit down on a podcast, and I'm not going to tell you anything about it. And live into these microphones, I'm going to pitch to you my idea on how to save NXT. And what you just mentioned... I love it. What you just mentioned might be a small part of it. I'll just leave that out there as a spoiler for everybody that's listening. Um, but yes, in it won't be any time in the next couple of weeks, but in the next couple of months, I am going to be grabbing Jake. I'm going to be bringing him in totally blind to the podcast, and I'm going to tell him how I'm going to save NXT. So we'll see how that goes. Um... Anyways, you know what? Do you have to blind me, or can I just close my eyes? I'm just going to stick something in your eye. Well, that's going to go in one eye, and the thumb's going to go in the other eye. And... I mean, Jesus, I was trying to be nice, but all right. Because clearly you don't have enough medical shit to deal with already. <laughs> <laughs> Sit there with a big member in your eye. It's you know what else? You know what's... List with this fucking broken tooth bastard, oh, damn it. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know how you're still... Okay, in all seriousness, everybody listening right now, I, I had to send Jake a message today just to see if we were still going to do this night. We're recording this on Thursday. It's not going out until Tuesday, but you guys know I always put the cards on the table. Um, we're recording this on Thursday the 21st, and I sent you a message that literally said, like, are you in one piece enough to go? So Jake <laughs> is being a trooper here. Um, and spending some time with us, but I'm pretty sure your day wasn't fun. <laughs> it was a it was a rough day, but hey, you know, it is I, what it I is. always look forward to these nights and us going ahead and making some great content. You know what I look forward to? What's that? Seeing Ember's Moon. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to start this off really quick with a with a random bit of information because we've been saying the rankings for everybody else. Ember Moon didn't rank last year because that's how long she was out with injury. Yeah, unfortunately, she had such a long hiatus, you know, herself that it just didn't work. You figure she's been all over the place. 2010, going into Shine, then Women's Superstars Uncensored. She was in a bunch of promotions, then making it to, obviously, their, you know, development in NXT, so. Yeah, it's um, it's a well, it's a well-known staple on here that uh, when somebody is coming to NXT, uh, I usually reach out to... Either uh, my co-hosts or my awesome audience who have way more indie knowledge than I do uh, about, uh, hey, what hey so-and-so is about to come to WWE, so-and-so is about to come to NXT, what do I need to know? And uh, I, I reached out to my AEW guy, Guapo, uh, when Ember Moon was about to debut, and I said, uh, do you know who this chick is? Like, what do I need to know? And he just sent me a one-line message back. Her name used to be Athena. And she does a stunner from the top rope. Yep. I'm and like, all right, cool. Stunner made cool. her viral like you cool. would not believe. Cool. I'm sold. I purposely didn't look it up. I wanted to wait until it happened on the show. Oh, really? I wanted oh, to see, wait. See, Joe and I used to show it at times, too, some of the, like, the different highlights from her. Yeah. You know, when she was doing the stuff in ROH and the Cherry Bomb and Scarlet mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And there was one where I, I, I want to say it was maybe Mickey James, but she got that freaking... Uh, Stunner. I forget what she called it back then. I'm trying to think. Because it wouldn't have been the Eclipse back then. No. I wish you could remember, but it was brutal, and she absolutely killed it, yeah. and that, that was a thing of beauty. See, it is... Um, we were worried WWE wasn't going to let her do the finisher. 
Well, it was it was in debate even after she debuted, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like uh, Samoa Joe uh, doing the Muscle Buster after what happened to Tyson Kidd. Yes. But um, no, I kind of treat it like I I will reach out for information. I won't necessarily reach out for a whole lot of yeah, footage. Yeah, right, Is this person worthwhile? Or is it yeah, or just get excited about give me a, give me a vague idea. Uh, the example that I'm going to give is when I'm talking about movies, specifically Marvel stuff. Uh, cheap plug. Check out all the FlixFix stuff that me and Kristen are doing right now. We just reviewed Wandavision. We finally got around to reviewing Joker. So I haven't seen it yet either. I'm waiting for it. But um. There is a guy that I watch on YouTube uh, called Emergency Awesome, and it, it's really helpful to me because I don't read a lot of comics. I intentionally don't read comics because I want to go in with 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 sort of a blank mindset when I go see a movie, when I go see a character that I've never seen before. But I do watch Emergency Awesome because it's like, okay, here's kind of what this guy is about. This is sort of what they've done with him in the comics. Here's where they may or may not be leaning, and that's all I need. I yeah, want to go. I, the backstory without you having to form yeah. any preconceived notions. Yeah, and I, I go in there without a. I don't want to be the guy that sits there in the theater and says, "Well, that's not how it was in the book." That's like a JD move, right there. But um, <laughs> no, I. But I really do because I don't know nearly as much about the indies as I could or maybe should. Um, when we talk about people coming up and and whatnot, I. Um, I had a point. I was going somewhere with that. Basically, I treat wrestling the same way. Um, if if it's a name that I know I've heard a lot about, like, I've never seen a Jay White match. But I know that Jay White is somebody... Wow, that, that's shocking to hear. But, she uh, doesn't watch any New Japan then at all. Not, not really. Uh, when Jericho was over there, and he was having his matches with Omega, and I love Jericho, and I had a vague idea who Omega yeah, was, I, I watched it out of curiosity, and I'm just like, it's really good. It, it's not setting me on fire because it's not it's not my my thing like it's a very different genre of wrestling over there right and I, I can I can sit back and be like oh it's really good but it's not hitting me because it's not you know I, I grew up on WWE I, I grew up on the fireworks and the bombast and all the all the sleek imagery and, and all that sort of thing right so it wasn't quite my cup of tea but when we talk about uh, the Jay White character, for example. Now, that's a name I know, and that's a name that uh, I know a lot of people are tossing around, and I know vaguely that apparently he's not with them anymore, and he might be coming to WWE. If that got confirmed, I would come to you, or I would come to Guapo, or maybe Ruffin, or maybe even Joe, and be like, okay, so I know I've heard this guy's name a lot. Uh, what should I know? What do I need to know type yeah, thing? Yeah, what does he stand for? Who is he? But, again, like... He's the... basically, best summary... He's who Seth Rollins wishes he could be. Fair enough. But I don't want to do what comic book fans do and what other indie fans do in WWE, when somebody comes to WWE. Oh, my God, they ruined him. Da, 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 da. I saw him when he was like this. It's like, well, I'm going to be watching him in WWE, so let me be introduced to WWE's version of what he's going to do. That's I got, the best mindset to yeah. have. You know? I saw I saw the debut of Ricochet at an NXT house show taking on Buddy Murphy, and they went 25 minutes. Wow, that's awesome. They went 25 minutes in the old Maple Leaf Gardens. It was fucking insane. Consider me jealous. That's a hell of an opening to have. Yeah. Well, it's it's what it's like what I've what I've said to you before about um, the, how people constantly underrate Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Like I saw them face each other at NXT house shows, and nothing that they've done on TV, even in NXT, was what I saw at those house shows. 
So I guess I am becoming kind of that indie fan without yeah, becoming the indie. Previews yeah, as well, and, and they don't get a fair shake most often. Anyway, same thing with the iconics. Well, that's true. Well, let's be. Uh, Peyton Royce more than Billy Kay, but Peyton Royce is really great. They need to now that they've broken up the iconics. They need to not give her another partner. Uh, Billy Kay as a character is awesome. If she does become sort of a pseudo-manager type character, that won't break my heart. I'm not going to lie. Somebody said, like, because Paul Heyman is with Roman Reigns now, Billy Kay should be Brock Lesnar's new manager. <laughs> that is pretty funny, though. That would be insane. Brock Lesnar! She okay. cracks me up. I always laugh at her, so... Oh, for sure. And the two of them together were, were great. Anyways, and, all uh, of... All of this. Her best match so far ranked is when she took on Asuka at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Yeah, when she was in her first run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they presented... Okay, her her presentation is totally different now. Her old, like, you know, uh, what do you call it? The the Sheenom presentation. Yeah. When, she, when they were presenting her properly in NXT in that regard... Yes, I'm incredibly biased. Yes, I'm going to mention the fact that she was sung to the ring by Lizzie Hale, who's one of the hottest artists out there. But um, I do like that presentation a little bit more than what they're currently doing. But I do think what they're doing right now with this whole, like, uh, almost apocalyptic type character with with all the different, like, headpieces and stuff like that, clearly she's getting to get her hands on her own gear she's put up so much on social media about hey i'm making this new headpiece hey i'm making this new thing i can't wait for you guys to see it so even if it doesn't particularly lean in the way that i would necessarily like i'm always happy to hear that somebody is getting to have their hands on their own character so i'm i'm willing to makes me happy as well i'm willing to take it at that level right it's like we always say I hate to pull a Cody Rhodes reference out of there, right? He mm-hmm. always he talks about how he hated the Stardust character, right? Yeah, he wanted that done and gone. But at the same time, as a fan, I would give him credit because if he hated it that much and still made it work, that's yeah, a credit exactly. to him, right? He still gave a hell of a, an effort with that. And if that's him hating it, then I'd like to see what him trying that would have been. Exactly. I mean, he, he managed to get the Ascension over for a little bit. Yeah, he got... A lot of people over with that gimmick, so. But um, but, but a lot of people that he wrestled with. So the reason I'm saying that is, if this is more how she really wanted to be, for all I know, she hated the version of herself that I liked. So, I I'm willing to give it more because it feels like she's getting a chance to do more. But I don't I don't think they featured her enough week to week to tell me what this new version of her is, which is kind of unfortunate. Hopefully, she gets to do that in the May Young. Or not the May Young in the Women's Dusty, and uh, and go from there. Or maybe maybe this thing with her and Shotzi Blackheart becomes a more permanent thing. I'd be fine with that too. Yeah, no argument there. I and, I would like them to to stay together for a little bit past the contest. Yeah, because right now there's I think two... it could work, and for them to to challenge for the women's tag titles, that would be fun. You know what? I mean, WWE's never going to do this because they don't do intergender wrestling. I would love to see... I mean, obviously, there's going to be title shots involved at some point, but I would love to see the winners of the Men's Dusty Cup take on the winners of the Women's Dusty Cup. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because, I mean, realistically, you know why I want to see that? I want to see Catanzaro and Carter take on MSK. 
because they've been boosting each other so much on social media, for them to then have to face each other would be a little bit hilarious. Um, anyways, yeah, so it might be a little bit obvious at this point, but we have to round it out with our current NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai. Now, saving the best for last, I mean, she's phenomenal in the ring. Number nine last year in the PWI list. Um, you know, she, she's the current women's champion. She's held a title for quite some time here, taking it essentially from Charlotte. And uh, she she's just been an amazing champion throughout the COVID era as well, really putting on some stellar performances. She was a highlight in the NXT uh, War Games match, literally turning herself into trash and diving off the top of the cage. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. Such a mean, worthy, you know, moment. And he went ahead and uh, she went ahead and she, she put on a great match. And it was certainly one of the standouts for me this year was, was that War Games match. She she walks that line, right? And I used it's funny because I used to say this about somebody like Triple H. Um, yes, people are going to groan because I'm giving Triple H credit. Get over it. But Triple H was the guy that could come out, do the DX thing throw around the glow sticks, make fun of Shawn Michaels for having no more hair, and still come out for his main event match at the end of the night with the sledgehammer and be fucking terrifying. Now, most recent example of that is somebody like Asuka, and I don't want to be stereotypical, but there's a lot of Asuka and, and the elements that really intrigue me about Asuka in Io Shirai, because she can come out there and she can do sort of the weird, wacky stuff, but then we see her switch gears, we've seen her go incredibly heel, which was kind of cool. We saw her doing, like, not long promos, but those those pre-taped promos where they were all shot sort of underwater and they were voiced over, like, half in English, half in Japanese. Like, she's... It's not a matter of, oh, she can be a good guy or she can be a bad guy. She sort of, like, slips and is kind of fluid between the two, which means she can fight with anybody. I think she's had a, a big enough variety of challengers that she's shown she can have different kinds of matches with people. Her, yeah, that's a great point. She's had a wide array of, of opponents, and that, you know, from Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and so on. Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Uh, as much as we were talking about Rhea Ripley and how the, the Charlotte Flair thing kind of did her dirty a little bit, ultimately, she, uh, Io Shirai was the benefactor of that because even though she pinned Rhea Ripley, she won Charlotte Flair's title at In Your House. So yeah, yeah. if there if there was something to be gained from the quote unquote wrong decision of bringing Charlotte Flair in, it put over Rio Shirai like a million bucks, which is kind of a little bit ironic, seeing as Charlotte Flair was the one that ended Oscar's streak, which also made people really mad. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, and the fact that she's only thirty at this point, she has so much more to offer and to give. Yeah, I, I did find her really intriguing as well when she first came in, because she came in with the, she doesn't fight with it on, but the, the Luchadora mask, like she came in like almost carrying it, I don't yeah. I, I don't want to say like Al Snow's head, but like, <laughs> it it wasn't part of her gear, it was, it was a prop, essentially, and I found that so, because obviously knowing the little bit that I know about Luchadors, you know, Rey Mysterio, Sin Cara, etc., like, you see a luchador with a mask, they're usually wearing it. <laughs> like, it's a very simple thing. But to see her sort of standing in the aisleway and sort of, like, looking at it, like yeah. like like she was almost talking to it and then leaving it behind to go have the match. Now, she doesn't do that anymore because since the, since the heel turn, I think she sort of put the mask thing away and then she got, like, incredible intros with, with um, 
What's her name? The singer Poppy. 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 Yeah, the uh, the unofficial NXT house band. <laughs> but I mean, Which, just sign me up. Love those two. Yeah, I mean, one day when, what, when they when they come out for the the joint intro, you know, when Poppy's singing and EO comes out, it's just like a badass full like women's rock segment. I love it. I mean, come on, we got um, we got what's his name, Pat McAfee, in there for a celebrity match, and he showed what he can do. Where where is our upcoming celebrity women's match with EO Shirai versus Poppy? Could happen. Hey, you're I joking, mean. but sign me up. I'm I'm all <laughs> I'm, I'm all down for. Anybody from outside showing if they can do it. Now, that opens it up to criticism of if you fall on your face, we're all going to point out that you fell on your face. Pat McAfee took that wicked bump off the top of the cage where nobody really caught him, which was a bit rough. But I mean, like, what the hell? Why, why the hell not? If Poppy comes in and proves that she can actually wrestle, she can sing herself to the ring rather than singing yeah, somebody no else kidding. to the ring. I mean, think about the other side of the coin too, right? I know, we, I know, I've made a lot of uh, Chris Jericho references in this podcast. He shouldn't do a lion salt anymore. It's fine, but there's going to be there's going to be a point. There's going to be a point. I figure I can get away with that because I'm actually a huge fan of Jericho and I like what he's doing. Yeah. Even it, he's managing to do good things even in AEW. Can you imagine that? Um, but there's going to become a point where they're not going to be able to resist the, the big pomp and circumstance of giving him a live microphone so he can actually sing himself to the ring. Like, that's it's going coming. that's going to be a thing at some point, right? So if you're going to have a wrestler that becomes a singer, why not have a singer that becomes a wrestler? Like, why not? I mean, Shaq is going to wrestle. And I'm just going to leave that. I'm going to leave that where it is. Yeah. But, um, Io <laughs> Shirai... Well, we're going to hear this coming Wednesday what, what Shaq said, and, you know... He's, he's, uh, he's going to say, uh, I know, I know she's knocked up now, but, uh, I really didn't like it when your, uh, when your bitch there put a, put a drink in my face and put me on a comically small chair. I didn't like that very much, Cody, and I'm going to try and have a match with you. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be fine. I can't believe you're going to go ahead and make me use my laser eyes. Got to use my laser eyes now. I couldn't even get into the building tonight because knockoff NWO was blocking off the doorway. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> you know what's funny is we're talking about AEW on a podcast about women's wrestling. Hey, because their women's division is non-existent, so it stands out like a sore thumb. Oh, God, imagine their women's division if they didn't have Britt Baker. It'd be done for. Or, or or say Britt Baker or the ones that they're borrowing from NWA. Yeah, that's that's you know another you know good portion of the people that they have putting on successful matches. I will I will say though, seeing as we're talking about Io Shirai, Io Shirai is the last person on our list. Bring over Hikaru Shida into NXT. Let them have a match. I'd be down for that. A match, yeah, but I'm, yeah. I'm not you know. Shida I know I know you're I know you're not the list. highest on Shida. And I can see it, you know. She's got some moves that are stellar, but most of it is just bland to me. Yeah, but who does, to be fair, who does she really have to show herself against? Well, that's the thing, too. So, like, I mean, she's got like a... she's got three good matches in that company. She's she's got Britt Baker, Serena Deeb, and Thunder Rosa, and yeah, two of, two I th- of which I think two really of belong there. I think two of those have already happened. Britt Baker's going to be eventually. And that's fine, but I mean, Britt Baker, you know, Mrs. Cole, baby, should come over mm-hmm. to the winning, come over to the winning side. Follow the Priscilla Kelly example. Just don't. I'm be... shocked that she didn't 
end up in NXT, honestly. Yeah, well, sometimes people got to be the cool kids, even if it comes back to bite them in the ass. Plus, their belt Absolutely. looks plus their belt looks like a wristwatch. <laughs> and I used to say that when it was when it was held by Nyla Rose, because Nyla Rose ain't, ain't exactly small, but it looks like a wristwatch even on the little ones. <laughs> like it, it even looked weird on Riho. Yeah, no doubt. There you go. There's your crossover match: Riho versus Casey Catanzaro. Hmm. Anyways, we're just getting wildly off in all directions now, and I know in literally <laughs> hey, one we minute... Always, we always trail off. Yeah, well, I, I told you I'd get you off by 10.30, and it's 10.31, so can you squirt it out quickly? Tell them where to find you. Now nah, you can go ahead and catch me on the Joe Cronin Show for all the wrestling reviews we do for WWE and AEW every time the show ends, and when they're live, we're live right after. You can also find me on Twitter, that's at CountdownEnded, and the same on YouTube. Spaz, thank you so much, as always, for having me, you sexy bastard. And you guys know where to find me, or you wouldn't be here. My thanks to Jake DeMarco, I am Spaz Phoenix, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I will talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, me and super sexy Jake DeMarco are tagging out. Bye, guys. (laughs) 